0: Welcome to the Purpose and Principles podcast. I'm Max Brown. My guest today is Wes Herman, the CEO and founder of Woods Coffee. Uh, And as the CEO and founder began his entrepreneurial journey at the ripe age of 21, after strategically developing his first business venture and to become a multi-million dollar enterprise, and then he lost everything after contracting a life-threatening illness. He and his wife, Diane, relocated to the Pacific Northwest, and set strong intentions to heal and rebuild the future of their family over the course of several years. And he worked with his wife and his amazing four children to develop a regional coffee brand in 2002. And Wood's Coffee is the product of a homeschool project. The coffee, the guest experience, the daily scratch-made goods have become a favorite across the greater Puget Sound, In collaboration with his children and 350-plus employees, Wes continues to grow the successful Woods Coffee brand in an effort to impact as many people and communities as possible. The Woods Coffee way is simple. Serve others, make a difference, and have fun. Wes, I'm really glad that you could join me on the show today, Purpose and Principles.
1: It's my pleasure, Max. I enjoy a good conversation about business, and I look forward to this.
0: Uh, I, I love the same, and I, I I'm, I'm excited for our listeners to be able to learn from your experience today. And if you could just walk us through your journey, what was that first development like? You know, multi millions and and the life threatening illness that provoked you or prompted you to move up, you know, the Pacific Northwest and do something where, frankly, there's another big kind of coffee thing going on up in that area.
1: I've heard about that. You have, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, uh, I I I get that. You know, the funny part about that is that everybody and their brother has to mention Starbucks in every conversation with me in yeah. some form or another. And uh, you know, it's like uh, rubbing salt in the wound or something like that. Of no, course, it's, it's all good. And yeah. in fact, I've always stated that um, I view them as our parent company because if they didn't exist, we wouldn't exist. And uh, we have value the uh, trail that they've blazed because uh, it has great, given us great opportunity to do some amazing things.
0: I so it's uh, fantastic.
1: You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, launching back all the way, you know, like uh, I started my first business uh, when I was 21 and, uh, you know, it was a great had some amazing times grew a, uh, a big business over a 15 year period. And then, uh, as you mentioned, I got uh, uh, an illness that uh, took me down and pretty much put me out of commission. Uh, and I was one of the few that uh, survived that uh, contracted the same illness at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, uh, but rebuilding life was complicated. Um, and, uh, I was living in California at the time we moved to uh, Washington state just to get our kids out of California. And, uh, we looked forward to uh, living on a farm, which we did. Uh, we bought 45 acres out in the country, and I know you can relate to that uh, because of your, you know, how you're set up there in Idaho. But uh, uh, we we did a great job of uh, really nurturing our kids and growing uh, them in the way that we wanted them to grow, and we taught them at home, uh, so they weren't necessarily part of any traditional school environment. And that predominantly came from me because I hated school. And uh, so I wanted something more for them. Mm-hmm. And um, so along that uh, journey, uh, I was actually working for a company where we were pro- producing a product uh, that was sold into the coffee industry. So I was traveling the country and I was selling this product into the coffee industry. And I really got excited about what I was seeing in these coffee shops because it was different than what I experienced in some of the other areas of, of work that I've been doing uh, where... Uh, This was an environment where people enjoyed being there. Uh, They enjoyed what they were buying. And there was just a a warm feeling about it, a a great sense of conversation. And uh, there was nothing, you know, it's not, not like you're going to the dentist to get your tooth pulled. This is actually something enjoyable that you look forward to. And so, uh, going, you know, into this and, and, uh, understanding what that is. And then seeing my kids drink a ton of coffee and, uh, kind of that beginning stages of an iced beverage, you know, uh, mixed with all kinds of different things, but coffee being the center core of that, then, uh. We decided to, uh, to lean into that and say, could we b- write a business plan and could we teach you as homeschooled kids mm. how to execute something that we actually generate? But the, the whole education process was, can we re- write a business plan and let's, let's see what comes of that.
0: I love that. I love that story. And it just happened to, so did you just start then and say, after you wrote the business plan that the kids said, dad, I think we got something here. We should actually go do this.
1: Yeah, it was kind of along the way, you know, it's kind of part and parcel, right? So uh, I'm selling into the coffee industry, I'm traveling, I'm looking, I'm seeing uh, concepts, and I'm understanding what our concept needs to be. And our concept needed to be a sit down with a Mm drive-through. And if we could combine both of those, uh, my thinking was that uh, people would would come into our stores eventually, and then they would go through the drive-through. And every time they'd be in the drive-through, they would um, think about what the inside of the store looked like, and that would bring just a warmth, uh, which we'd created an environment that was a lot like what it would be in your own home, you know, with uh, leather sofas and a fireplace, and you know, just the comforts. Uh, and so, doing that, um, you know, coming up with the strategy um, and then writing the business plan, it kind of all morphed together, uh, you know, with uh, creating the name, which my oldest daughter came up with um and uh, lots of reasoning behind that and so yeah we we uh we didn't know what we're doing we didn't have the money to do what we're doing uh but uh, we partnered with uh, somebody who had a little bit of money and uh, um, made it go
0: and how many stores how many locations now uh, 19 19
1: 19 okay. yep yeah, we've uh we've uh, along the way we've learned uh of certain types of stores that uh, you know either lasted for a period of time mm-hmm. or or maybe didn't uh fit the mold and uh, so we've probably built 23 stores but uh, we're currently at 19 and very happy with that
0: it's fantastic what do you say to those who say you've you know i use air quotes because you can see me in video but for those who can't see us they call you the instant success over 18 years
1: Right. Yeah, I get a lot of that, you know, as as every entrepreneur does when they reach a certain level. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, uh, I would have scratched and clawed for somebody to say that in the first few years, you know, like (laughs) that would have been great. You know, but uh, we were nothing. You know, we we were right in Starbucks backyard trying to carve out our own little niche of what we were doing. And, um, you know, it's uh, uh, (laughs) it's been a lot of work and yeah. a lot of hard times uh you know there's a lot to my story that uh, uh, goes into overcoming uh, adversity in big ways and it's uh, it's been meaningful um you know it's it's part of my life it's part of my story and and so uh to um you know somebody who would say you're an instant success i say thank you very much
0: yeah <laughs> that's a great response yeah. were there times though that you felt like I don't know if we're going to be able to get through this or what kept you going, I guess, when, when it felt very stressful or when you felt like, yeah, I guess for listeners who are still trying to figure that part of the journey out, maybe they're just still plowing through and they don't know, you know, is this a place where they're finally getting that feedback that, Hey, maybe I need to pivot. Or how do you know when you should just keep on going on something versus a pivot?
1: Yep. Well, I made a a tactical mistake in in, uh, my first generation of businesses in California, and I tried to hang on too long in a down economy when I had uh, a successful business and ones that weren't successful, and I was taking money from the successful ones and putting them into the the bad ones. And mm-hmm. all that happened was you drew them all down to you know, a common denominator and that's not good. So, you know, you either have to be so committed to what you're doing and understand that your method of whatever you're doing is going to succeed, mm-hmm. or you need to really pull the plug when you need to pull the plug. And, uh, in this particular venture, uh, we have had a ton of, uh, of opposition, um, you know reasons why we can't succeed, mm-hmm. uh, you know pitfalls, whatever they you want to call them. But in the end, um, you know the the uh, acceptance and uh, gratification that we see on people's faces every single day kept us going, and allowed us to say, you know what, if we can just keep this going for a certain period of time, we're going to succeed. And that is the key to what our business plan was about. Our business plan wasn't about uh, building one coffee shop Mm -hmm. and then uh, let's see how it goes. It was about saying, we're going to build multiple coffee shops over a long period of time and over a geographic territory that will um, be very sustainable. And so we never lost sight of that. And uh, we went and executed that and we've done that uh, uh, successfully now over the 18 year period, but it wasn't about just you know one store and let's see how it goes. So uh, six months after we opened our first store, we opened our second store, um, and we weren't making money in our first store, but we wanted to prove that, Hey, this is something that we're doing. And, and everybody got excited about, Oh, this must be a dynamic business. They're opening two locations, you know? So, and it was all in the same town of 6,000 people. Wow. So it was, uh, it was exciting. And we had a great time, you know, during those times, especially.
0: Well, you took some risks, you took some risks and Risk. you tried some new things. I mean, and, and there is a balance. It sounds like, you know, like you said, you were taking money from some of the ones in the past to funnel into some of the businesses that weren't serving you well in at one point, but you've learned from that. So there is some times when you need to know when to stop and when to go.
1: Yep, absolutely. Okay. And in this case, uh, go in the Pacific Northwest. If you're in coffee, uh, there has never been a real, you know, downturn or a slowdown. I mean, we can even look at COVID currently Mm -hmm. and say that, uh, people just needed that, um, you know, that point of uh, encouragement, uh, relaxation, uh, caffeine, whatever it was they were coming for, they kept coming all through COVID.
0: It's that sense of community in a coffee shop, isn't there? It's just there's a vibe to the local neighborhood that I just think it captures so well. And that sounds like what you're describing.
1: It is, you know, and, and it goes uh, deeper than just, you know, that traditional sh- shop where you come in and you sit down and you enjoy meeting with friends and so on and so forth. And and although we deliver that in a big way, Mm -hmm. uh, a drive-through experience can be a sense of community as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the early days of uh, COVID, um, you know, especially the first two months, people were just looking for something that was reassuring that is, you know, part of their regular routine yeah. and they might not have been going to work, but they were still going through the drive through and getting their cup of coffee because that felt like the start of their day and hopefully we launched them
0: into uh, some successful times. I've, I've never been to one of your shops yet and I look forward to doing that. I've been told, however, that you guys just run this really special experience. How do you encourage your employees um, in fact, you know, the guy that introduced you me to you um, just talks so highly about the experience you create. How do you encourage your employees to create that kind of an experience for the customer who talks about what you guys are doing and then tells me to come and experience it?
1: Right. Well, the one differentiator is that uh, we don't like to call them customers. We call them guests. Yeah and uh, these folks are people that we're inviting into our space Mm -hmm. and we want to treat them in a special way so uh, it's not it's more than just a financial transaction Mm uh this is a um an an experience and we we tell all of our employees we work with them diligently to uh, deliver on that every day and it goes down to uh, really one thing and that is service and we have a servant's heart we have a servant mentality and we're there to serve people in unique ways, uh, break all the rules, and just give them uh, something special that uh, they will be uh, so enriched by that they'll tell others, and then uh, those people come as well, and and that's how you build a business.
0: Yeah, I love that. So, what are you looking for in a new hire? What kind of skills do you think uh, for those who are listening today and saying, "Man, I'd love to be something like part of something like that"? What, from a CEO perspective, would you say you look for in, in an employee and? what are the skills you think that people should be acquiring right now in order to be ready to, you know, to be able to be hireable.
1: Right. You know uh, this business is a lot of working with your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, uh, preparing, it's creating, it's crafting, fine beverages. It's, you know, uh, heating and wrapping food and doing, you know, all kinds of, 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 manual things, but that's not what we're interested in. We're not interested in how you handle cash, or how you do all those things. We're really interested in how do you do when uh, uh, you're facing uh, the disgruntled Old man who you know just needs his cup of joe in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to figure a way to make him you know happy while he's waiting for his cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's all about the attitude, and uh, so we we narrow it down to two things. One is attitude and aptitude, mm-hmm. and if you've got a great attitude about life and how to uh, attack your job then you've got an aptitude for learning, then that's all you really need in our world. We uh, we don't necessarily look for any skills. In fact, a lot of times we look for people who have no experience because then we can train them the way we want them to be trained. Mm-hmm. Uh, so attitude and aptitude are the two uh, key things that I look for in uh, any great future employee.
0: How do you set the tone for that yourself? And what do you, what do you recommend for perhaps your children and the other leaders in your business? to be able to maintain or set the tone, create that climate where people say, "Uh, this isn't just training though. This is, this is, they really mean this.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, this goes back down to I just got an email today from one of our departments and I just happened to be CC'd on it. And it was asking or it was stating that a certain delivery truck was coming in on this time and kind of needed all hands on deck to deliver a 40 foot container into our warehouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I think I was the first one to respond and say, I'm all in you know, make sure you let me know. Because, uh, you know, if I can show them that I uh, have a servant's heart, and I'm willing to serve them, then that translates into what they will do for our guests. Yeah. and So uh, all the way down the company. So that's, that's in our distribution side. Uh, in the store, you know, as, as soon as I get a call or something that uh, has gone wrong, uh, I try and drop everything and really spend time and attention to uh, making sure that the uh, employees are well taken care of and that their needs are met and uh, hopefully that translates into exactly what they need to be doing for our guests.
0: What would you say to other small business leaders who are struggling with with the culture or with this tone that you're talking about? What would you say they need to do maybe a first step or second step in in this servant's heart? What does that look like? I mean, you obviously just shared a great example of how you just jumped in. I mean, the 40-foot container's got to be emptied and you're going to be there. And And I've seen that from great leaders in many, many different factories or companies that inspire me as well. Um, what do you say to those leaders who are struggling with this concept of, man, I don't know what to do with my work environment, but it is struggling?
1: Yeah, yeah, the culture is uh, definitely the key, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know in in our company, we um, we work so hard on culture, mm-hmm. and uh, um, the words we use, the 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 methods in which we teach. Um, you know, I, I went to uh, speak at another business yesterday uh, to try and help them with their culture mm-hmm. and to to make sure that they are doing the right things, that they are, um, you know, working with each other, working in harmony. Uh, you know how do we build that culture how do we get to that place of saying hey this is what we say but it's also what we do mm-hmm. and um, you know the the businesses that are struggling with culture uh you know have to really look inward and understand what it means to uh, be in your business not every business is a service business ours just happens to be and uh, for those that are listening that uh, you know have a service business uh, that's what it is it's a service so you know why not be a servant and uh, you know Know, do whatever it takes. Uh, a lot of people at the very top want uh, to be taken care of and and uh, I've reached the top and I shouldn't have to do, you know, those menial tasks anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, I I do the menial tasks just so that I can send a message that uh, no one is too big and no one's too, um, you know, important not to do those things.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because I, I agree and and I was talking to a leader the other day. In fact, I had him as a guest on the show previously. Uh, a guy named Billy Taylor. He used to be a plant leader at a at a huge tire manufacturer, and he would go into that factory, which was a pretty toxic uh, environment at the time. And they didn't really trust management. Management didn't trust them, and you know, it's it rough. And he decided that he would lead the way you've just said. He said, the say-do ratio has to be higher. You know, what we say and what we do has to align as leaders if we want to be credible. And even the bathroom had issues in the factory floor. He said, give me the rubber gloves and the Ajax. Like, I'm going in, you know? And, awesome. and people are like, are you kidding me? This guy's got 3,000 employees here and he's going into the bathroom to make sure that that place is clean so that we can have a place to have some dignity where we, you know, and do good work and, and to be able to, and he cares about the factory that much. That's great. He turned that factory floor and that, that the momentum around in that culture within six months, Mm -hmm. I was walking the floor with him one day and, and, and one of the union organizers had actually come up and apologized to him because they were struggling with production. And it was because it was, it was just after the holiday. It was after a 4th of July holiday and he was apologizing because their numbers were down for the day and they could be better. It's just so cool when people feel like they matter, right?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the important part, you know, making people feel like they matter. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, take care of our employees as if they are, um, you know, the, the heart and soul of our business. They are the ones that uh, are on the front lines. They're the ones that do everything. I can't make change from my position as quickly and easily as they can. And I can't impact a guest uh, like they can. And so we empower them to, um, you know, take care of the people uh, as they need to. Uh, I used the term earlier, break the rules. Uh, We have this uh, saying around our place that we have the counter that we serve from. And, you know, on one side of the counter, uh, you know, you've got kind of all the rules of, you know, how this is done and, you know, what this costs and so on and so forth. Um, But uh, when it comes to the guest and that guest is in front of you, we break all the rules to make sure that they are well taken care of. Uh, and, and at whatever the cost, uh, which is really funny because, like in the drive through, we get people coming through occasionally and they get all the way up to the window and they're told their total and they go to reach and they forgot their wallet, they forgot their purse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, our staff is instructed just to say, hey, you know what? This is great. Have it, it's on us. We're just glad to have you. And everybody feels so apologetic. I'm so sorry because they feel stupid at that point. Like I, right, I right. forgot my wallet. And uh, but you know, just that simple act uh is meaningful. And uh I've ho- I've heard many stories of people uh telling me how important that was to them.
0: What well, what do you say to the to the employee who breaks one of your rules? So you say, Hey, you know, break the rules to create this experience. Like do you have an example of that? I mean, obviously that was a beautiful example. I, I, I hope the listeners don't you know flood your <laughs> flood yep. the coffee shops and say, "Hey, I don't have my wallet, but I'm looking for a free coffee." <laughs> oh man you know but, yeah. but, but, but the intent is right. I mean, I know exactly what you're saying. You're saying that create these experiences for people. Do the right thing by people and, and we will be okay. We're going to be fine. Do you have an example or a story of a, an employee who did that and you thought, "Wow, I, that, that one mm, but I, I'm going to support this employee
1: <laughs> you know uh it happens all the time you know yeah. it uh, you would be shocked at how how often um i hear the stories and 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 our staff is not um reluctant to tell the stories. And it's almost like, Hey, can you top this kind of thing? And uh, so, you know, I accept all of that. And I love all of it. And wow. in, 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 in the end, it means nothing to me, you know, how much it costs, uh, you know, and, and it really doesn't. I mean, we, we break our backs to do things for people, even when we know we're being abused. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's okay. You know, we, uh, we recently, um uh, took the COVID time. And for several months, we took care of every healthcare worker, uh, whatever they wanted, whatever their order was, it was totally free every single day, company-wide. Mm-hmm. And uh, that went wild because, you know, you're talking about thousands of, of beverages and thousands of uh, food items and, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, but we didn't care, you know, and it was, uh, and they, you know, uh, it, on honestly, coming in to pay for things and realizing that it was on us, you know, and that totally shocked them and just made their day. And, you know, we really valued those folks and thought of them as still think of them as heroes. And uh, uh, that's meaningful. So, you know, that that gives a good feeling around everybody. You know, the employee gets behind that. uh, The guest is behind it 100 percent. And and as me owning the company, even though we I'm sure got abused uh, throughout the process, I'm totally happy with it.
0: Well, I, I think that demonstrates the servant's heart without, um, you know, I, I've seen some efforts by companies that um, look good in marketing campaigns, but you don't know where their heart's at with it. And wh- I think what you're describing is there's real heart, that the real motive behind this is real. It's genuine. And we're not just doing this as a marketing campaign. We we care about people We want to create the experience. And like you said, we want to serve others, make a difference, and have some fun.
1: Exactly. I, that I, I love different. that.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that with That way. Is there anything that you wish you would have known earlier in your career that would help you, um, would have helped you maybe even today uh, in a way that you didn't think possible, uh, you know, just as you reflect back?
1: Yeah. You know, uh, i made a lot of mistakes and, uh, you know, we all did. And uh, hopefully I learned a lot from those. Mm-hmm. I oftentimes wonder if I had a formal education in business, if I would have been a better leader, if I would have done things differently. Um, and, uh, uh, but in the end, you know, I really believe that my education has been, you know, on the ground, and uh, it's been the OJT method. And uh, I, I just learned as I went and uh, took You know lots of risks and uh uh, would would is there one thing that would have learned i probably would have learned uh to manage those risks a little more carefully Mm. um i mean i can think many days back in the days when we used to have to write checks by hand for payroll and then uh, people would you know uh, receive them on a friday And I knew I would probably have until Tuesday to be able to cover those checks because I didn't have the money in the bank. And you know, how do you do this? And how do you manage and how do you run? And how do you hustle to to make all this work? You know, and uh, but, you know, it's all part of that risk. And uh, um, (laughs) the only uh, major thing that I uh, probably should have done uh, even more than I did, and I did it a lot, was uh, hit my knees and uh, uh, ask uh, God to uh, direct my path and uh, make sure that I, you know, was doing the right thing uh, at
0: every single step. I really appreciate that you'd share it that way. I really do. What would you want people to remember from this conversation today as we wrap this all together? It, one thing people could walk away with and say, you know, don't forget this.
1: You know, I, uh, you take a guy like me with average intelligence and, uh, a, a heart to, um, to succeed, and um, you know, you can accomplish a lot of great things with those two components. I uh, um, I admire people who get out there and get it done, and uh, I, I hope uh, people will uh, look at what we do and uh, learn more about you know the Wood story and, and understand what the success of that has been. Um, and, and it's just uh, sheer determination and uh, hard work that has gotten us there.
0: Wes Herman. Thank you for being on the Purpose of Principles podcast today.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: I really appreciate it. To all our listeners out there, be safe, be wise. Have a great week.